they put out a li- they put out an ad on Craigslist talking about need ball players needed. <laughs> That's what sent them up like you. The, the least they could right. The least they could have did was go to the big three. I mean, you see, they got Jamal Crawford and a few other old heads. Right. They, they, they went to the big three. Yeah. Jamal Crawford would have been in the big three this year. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying. They didn't even bring Joe Johnson in. They said, nah, we got a couple dudes right here that's pretty good right here. Yo, Joe Johnson and uh, uh, Jamal Crawford are my guys. I love watching them play. Like, they gets busy. Joe Johnson has always, always been the truth, bro. Always Facts. been the truth. Yeah. Like, well, that, that's... As soon as that she was balling. Yeah, that, that's for those, those, those ballers that... Like he watched the game, game. They just watching the highlights, right. watching the game, game. Cause they gonna get busy. I mean, they gonna have some highlights, but they might not. You might not see nothing until like they uh, Jamal Crawford mix him out or Joe Johnson actually like make a, a game winning shot or something. I'm I'm you sure know. Joe Johnson in the rec league right now dropping thirty a night. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> just this just pull I'm up saying. to the gym like yo. I just I just want to get some shots up. On some Uncle Drew. <laughs> yeah, I just want to get some shots up. Can't nobody fucking stop him and shit. He in the rec league just going crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, in this edition of Shooting the Shit, <laughs> this is the 30, 31st installment. Who the hell you over there drinking a fucking uh, ice cold beverage? You talking to me? Yeah. Eric, what are you drinking? Oh, no, no, you broke up there for a second. I can't hear you. Yeah, I, I got oh. a little... Um, I got a little FN vodka, the blood orange joint here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't mind my cup. It was my daughter's birthday yesterday, and I ain't wanna. Oh, I, ain't, I, happy I don't birthday. feel like I don't want to do no dishes. So I said I'm just gonna double up on one of these right here. <laughs> gonna keep it moving, <laughs> you know. Get it how you live. It's all you good. Dig? And and that is the legend in two games, Eric, uh, Sir Sanchez. Uh, daughter's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, uh, Anthony. Your birthday just passed. Trip Young, what's going on, brother? How you doing? As good as Leo season, win win the building. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm good. I'm a little tired over there, man. Can't complain. I mean, I might be a little tired. You know, I was I was up the other day and whatnot, drinking mimosas all day. You know, when we did uh real fans, real talk, and mm. um, you know, then I still I still was working. I still shot a music video, so I was still outside. Your man was feeling real Hollywood. He was pouring mimosas on air, like <laughs> he said. The party didn't even stop. He Yo. said it's two niggas. He said it's two niggas still sleeping in the living room. I don't even know when they're gonna get up, but you know, I'm gonna pour these mimosas right here. <laughs> Yo, mimosas is the wave, man. That's that's the joint where Yo, you know the running joke when your lady go out for uh for drinks for brunch and she come back real spicy, you be ready to go. <laughs> that's a fact. You get the mimosas in, especially with a good brunch. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Best thing in the world. Say he was playing whack. Classy. <laughs> they was playing that Cardi. They was playing that uh, Meg. <laughs> yeah, have y'all seen the video? Right have y'all seen the video? Have y'all heard the song? I didn't see the whole video, but I've seen a good portion of the video, and, and um, you know, I like what I see. I like what I see from the young ladies. And they mm. did a great job. They did the, a great uh, job. They both look very good. I will say that. I just want, I just got a question. I haven't seen the video yet. Mm-hmm. Um. But I just got a question because there was all these rumors about the reason that Meg and Tori got into it was because Kylie, but Kylie was in the video. Hmm. Yeah, well, I did hear that too, right? So, so but, this, this, uh, she, well, they said that she was this um, squash friend. So maybe they squashed it, and that was like their way of showing it wasn't a, in no issue. I don't know. 
I, I mean, I don't know, I, but this is why I said, like, when, when we when we talked about the whole Tory situation and, and uh, Adam Twenty Two had talked about, it, that's why I was saying, like, I hate the fact that anytime there's a little Hollywood gossip, they throw the the Jenna Kardashian name in. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a, a fan of this, I'm not. I don't want to say it in that sense, but like to me, that's a lazy way of like, oh, we got the scoop, we just gonna blame it on them. Yeah. Like, how serious could it have been if she's in a video with, with Meg? Well, questions to ask. When did they shoot the actual video? Because if they shot this before this whole situation went down, that's one thing. Um, did y'all see Violetta, Davi- Violetta Davis? I don't know if I said her name right from uh, How to Get Away with Murder. She was uh, trying to get up in the video, so they was uh, people were trying to sign a petition and get Kylie out and, and get her in the video, which I thought was kind of nuts. I, I didn't see that, but I mean, even even if the video is old, yeah, Meg, it's just on you. Be like, yo, I don't, I don't, don't put none of her visuals in. Yeah. Exactly. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't. She wasn't in there for that long, so it wasn't yeah. too, too crazy or whatever. But have you? I know a, a lot of people been kind of like been up in arms. They've been feeling the way about it, uh, and it was kind of funny to me because I was like, and it was guys, because you know a lot of times guys have to tell women what to do, and I know how old I am, and I know I've been in the club and they play put it in your mouth and slob when you're not <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, bro, you ain't gotta listen to this. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it just was real funny. You know, women was, was standing up and they were saying the same thing or whatever, but it was it, it just real ironic how like we kind of choose it to, to do certain things. Like when you were younger and when, like Lil' Kim came out, like was O'Head saying the same thing? No, because they was watching Lil' Kim. So they definitely wasn't saying nothing. Not no O'Heads in my neighborhood. They would have been in full support of this song. I don't really see what the big deal is anyway. Like what, what are they saying that's so bad? I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We love Adina Howard, right? We love Adina Howard. Adina Howard was talking to this crazy. Day. She was talking a very spicy word. <laughs> to, to this day. day. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> you feel me? So, I don't see what's the problem. Listen, first and foremost, we want to extend an invite to Adina Howard. She can come on the podcast anytime she wants. Right. That's That's first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> secondly, any heterosexual male that got a problem with the with the song or the video like we got to check your credentials bro because no mm-hmm. straight male has ever complained about any female rapper sounding raunchy i've, n- I've yeah. never heard it mm-hmm. i've never i've never heard bro. a straight male ever say nah that song is too I, 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 raunchy well some some well there, there are a lot of guys out here that feel like you know we can do certain things in one minute can't do do those same things or whatever, and that kind of ends up uh, happening that way because you know, that's that's the, the beef that a lot of women have with us as guys. It's like you try to control them, tell them what to do. You know, when you go to stuff like uh, uh, you know parenthood and all this other stuff, and this is kind of like aligned with that. But listen, man, we good. No, but this ain't listen. Over- this ain't the, the first time. I can, like maybe that'd be understandable if you're saying like this is the first time a woman ever came out with a super raunchy song. But this ain't uh-huh. the first time. Like, well, you know how many raunchy female songs we got. That yeah. nobody, you know what I'm saying? No, it wasn't this much of a conversation about. Mm-hmm. And, and right, you know, that's what I'm saying. No, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. No, no, you, no I was going. I was going to go to something else. I was going to talk about something else, but related to it. What you was about to say? No, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I've never, I, I've never in the history of of hip hop heard a straight man be like, man, she she just she talking too crazy right there. That's too wild. <laughs> I can't handle that. I can't handle that type of talk. <laughs> no, nah, but no, but keep it funky though. If you was to be outside and some woman came to you speaking real spicy, you wouldn't think twice about that though. A random woman in the street, yeah, but not on a song. <laughs> so that's how they, but that's how they looking at it though. But so I, we spoke about Joe Exotic numerous times uh, 
you know, while in quarantine and documentary and stuff like that. You know his arch nemesis, Carol Baskin. Uh, and with, with so much that's going on in the world, she definitely felt the way about the Tigers that was in the video, and she uh, she was kind of upset about that. Uh, she was later told that um, those were green screen, and if you actually watch the video, you see they were in there for, but for so long. And um, I just thought that was funny because I was like, yo, dog, with so much going on where that's all you care about. And y'all worked on a place where y'all was, they was killing animals, starving them, doing all type of like wildness or whatever. I mean, I, my, my only question would be uh, she spoke out because she felt they were uh, tigers, I'm assuming, uh, treated inappropriately in the video. Uh, did she speak out about Black Lives Matter or about nope. any police brutality? Nope. Uh, then she could shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, first no. of all, free, free the guys. Free Joe King. That's number Joe one. King. All right. Every time we free Joe King, free the guys. All right. That's that's first and foremost. Second of all, play my play my man my man's song in the background, uh F. Carol Baskin. Listen, listen, the energy we need to start having with everybody moving forward is like if you're you gonna speak on little little shit, you better be ready to speak on big shit. If you're not yeah. speaking on what's really going on, then shut the fuck up. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. well, well, that's the that's that's the thing. Also, we we spoke about Camila Harris uh, potentially being the VP VP for Biden, and it's been been announced today. Um, I know we spoke briefly about that, but how you guys th- feeling about that now that it's been announced? I'm I'm excited to see the direction they go with the campaign. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, the reason, like as we talked about before, I think Camila Harris. Um, is a strong, no-nonsense black woman who brings a lot of credibility to the campaign. And they, now there will be this peaked interest in whatever Joe Biden um, talks about, what he campaigns about, what he debates about moving forward, because now you have this strong black woman that's going to hold him accountable. You know what I'm saying? So you can't just, we've seen him in the past throw out things like, oh, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're not black. All right, so then prove to us why you should get our vote. Don't tell me don't vote for Donald Trump because it, it, it lessens someone's blackness when you're not willing to address the issues that are going on within a black community. Um, as a father of two young girls, um, I'm excited to see the direction of this because if Camilla Harris is the vice president, obviously first and foremost, she would be the first woman black president, uh, first woman vice president, first black female mm-hmm. vice president. And also it would set her up long-term for potentially running for president because we know that's the next step once you become the VP. So I'm excited from that standpoint to see uh, the direction of the campaign and then where her her career goes from here um i mean i you know i'm i'm happy that the choice was a black woman um i i personally i kind of liked um karen bass a little bit a little bit better um but that's just you know just from just me watching her speak and watching her when she was on the breakfast club um and i just i just like what she had to say and I thought she was honest and genuine, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always for, you know, my, my brothers and sisters getting in those positions. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she will do a great job in the position. You know, I, I, I definitely agree with you, what you said about Eric, that she will hold, hold uh, Joe Biden accountable for the things that he says. Um, you know, listen, man, I'm, I'm just ready for, for a change. And I hope this is, is a, change that we need that can lead to more progressive changes in this country so i'm, I'm definitely they definitely have my full support at this point now with now with the uh things that have been 
been said about uh, you know what Joe Biden signed off on and some things that he said in the past or whatever. How does this uh, work towards his legacy or whatever? You know, he served with Obama, and now you have a a, a, a black woman um, that you have pretty much appointed to be your your running mate um, while in his presidency or whatever. So, like, do you do you think that kind of exonerates him? Well, it probably doesn't exonerate him or whatever. But how do you think that sits with, with people that are uh, looking to, um, I guess, vote for him and, or just look at him going forward? I think at this point it's showing proof. Um, you know, what I'm saying, listen, I'm I'm not gonna never sit up here and say a person can't change. They can't live up to the to the word moving moving forward. So mm -hmm. I think it's more of a just you you're in the spot. There's nobody's replacing you out of that spot right now. Like mm -hmm. you're the, the the Democratic uh, you know candidate. So that's 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 not gonna change. So it's just about showing and prove. Do what you say you're gonna do. Um, you know, and obviously we know it's, it's always going to be hurdles because, you know, Democrats and Republicans can't seem to get together for anything. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So it's definitely going to be a lot of hurdles, but be on the right path and, and, and be about what you say you, you're about to to do if you get into this office. Don't get in this office half-assing it, um, you know, fucking shit up, playing around. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Right, I agree. I yeah, think it's all like... Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm saying it's a whole lot safer, especially when you consider, you know, you got somebody like Mike Pence, that's the right, the VP right now. Like he's just as nutty as the president that we have or whatever. So potentially, you know, looking forward, if we have somebody that's a little bit more level-minded, I know you mentioned another uh, uh, potential uh, candidate earlier, uh, just now, um, Trip or whatever. But uh, and she also served with Camila Harris as well. Uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in California. Yeah, so I mean, they, you, you know, you never know. In the future, they may, they may come together on some things that have to uh, deal with that. Eric, who's about to say? No, I was going to say in regards to what Tripp said, and he's right. Um, having Camilla Harris as your VP gives you instant credibility, mm -hmm. but now we need your actions to meet your words so that we can respect your accountability. You know what I'm saying? You could, you could say all you want, um, what you want to do for the black community or what you plan to do, and I think Camilla Harris is going to hold them to those words. And then we got to see those actions behind it. As we've talked about so many times, it's one thing to say Black Lives Matter. It's one thing to put up a social media post. It's another to actually follow up those words with legitimate action. So his credibility skyrockets right now because you have a strong black woman who, who's your running mate. But we still need to see uh, your actions behind some of the things that he's going to be campaigning for. And that's why I think it's important that all black and brown people look at this situation. We know what's already going on within the presidency um, and within the Oval Office, but we also need to hold these people accountable. If you want our vote, you got to understand that something comes with that vote. You've, you've got to look out for us. You got to look out for our communities. You just can't say I'm with you guys when it's convenient for you. Yeah. Well, that that's kind of the thing with a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, I saw earlier um, Ice Cube was talking about how you kind of see the esteem has kind of been uh, going away a bit. We've been seeing, um, you know, more people talking about other things uh, because the world is opening up a little bit more or whatever, but we definitely got to keep pushing the narrative with that, you know. Um, you know, black and brown people have been done dirty. A lot of other people, other uh, nationalities, uh, religions and races have been done dirty and said, uh, they've said crazy things about um, throughout this whole uh, presidency. So we definitely need like some change. What's not some change, we need to change, period. Get him the fuck up out of there. And that's that. But um, we, we, you know, at the top of the show, we were talking about sports a bit. Eric, I know you're a Mets fan. <laughs> Your boy Cespedes got missing. <laughs> he got missing out here. 
Um, and, and, and what I thought was funny about the whole thing is because it's always a narrative that they paint about us when we do things that they don't necessarily like. Um, they released a, vo- a video of him out dancing with a, with a young lady. And when I look at the place, I'm like, that place looks very empty, for one. <laughs> and I'm pretty That's sure good. people in there Social might distancing. Right. So the so of course, you know, when, when he decided not to show up to the game and they was like it's like around the second inning of the Braves game or whatever, he wasn't there. You know, they weren't they were wondering about what was going on. What were your concerns as a as a Mets fan about what was going on, my man? So the so the crazy thing was that was a Sunday game because Tripp and I were actually uh recording Real Fans Real Talk that day. Mm-hmm. And so my immediate reaction was, as you mentioned, they were playing the Braves. And for people that don't know, the Braves are in Atlanta. And I was thinking, man, maybe he went to go get some wings at Magic City like Lou Will did uh, and never made it back. You I know what I'm you saying? Are. You know what I'm saying? Because I think, I think every man can relate to, hey, I just stepped out for a little bit and then somehow I got sidetracked. I never quite made it back where I was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Mets sent security to his room and his bags <laughs> were already gone. He wasn't in town no more. We didn't hear from him. And then the news kind of broke later on in the day that he was opting out for the rest of the season. He fleeced the Mets, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. for, for anybody who's yeah. not aware of how the situation worked, Major League Baseball players had the option to opt into the season and play, and they would get a prorated uh, portion of their salary, or you would opt out, and you would get and a it, lesser version. Which they didn't like from the beginning. Right, which, which, they, which was always the sticking point from day one because players felt like mm-hmm. we should get paid 100% of our salary, Ultimately, it came down where, nope, you're not going to receive 100% of your salary. This is what it's going to be. Now, just to throw the numbers out there so people are aware, if Cespedes decided to play this season, he was going to make $11 million. If he decided to opt out and not play a single game, he would have made $4 million. So I think it's very convenient of Cespedes to play two weeks of the season, get guaranteed that $11 million, and then say, I'm opting out. <laughs> I, I, I mean... He shouldn't even qualify then at that point. Right, but but what happened was, and, and we're, we're seeing it not just with the Mets, with a lot of players, because there are other guys doing the same thing, where the Players Association and ownership had already agreed to that. There was no stipulation as to how many games you had to play as long as you opted in. So mm-hmm. you opted in, you play a few games, and then, you know, you know what? Nah, never mind. It's not for me anymore. So he yeah. basically, he was able to secure an extra $7 million by playing what he played, nine games. He played nine games. He got an extra $7 million. Um, and I think that's what he did ultimately. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't tell me you've already played games and now you're concerned with the virus and now you're deciding to opt out. Because if you were that concerned, you would have never played a game from the jump. Yeah. And, yeah. and as you mentioned, he was out hanging out the night before that game so you weren't that concerned with the virus, bro. Like, oh. you you knew what it was. You you secured the bag, and then you got up out of there. I'm upset that it happened to my team. Um, but at the same time, he, he finessed us, and I would laugh about it if it was any other team. So I, I got to just chalk it up. I mean, shit, <laughs> I, I root for the Mets. We still playing Bo- We still paying Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla ain't played for us in like 20 years. Well, that's a fact. They might as well put him on the roster. <laughs> right. I mean, shit, can somebody call Bobby Bow and see if he still got a glove and he's ready to go? Because we paying him. Well, right. Might as well get out there and put some work in. Right. But the funny part is, um, you know, I was, I was looking into this a bit. Uh, Major League Baseball was looking into kind of doing a multi-city bubble situation, kind of like the NHL. Um, uh, if 
that was to definitely come into play. Um, you know, a lot of these players can go out for dancing. He looked like he was having a good night at East Slide where they had some Coronas in a, in, a, uh, in, a, in a bucket over there. You know, we had some nights like those. Somebody probably was in the corner smoking some hookah or something or whatever. So I can't even be mad at him or whatever. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to get real crazy. Uh, you know, the Marlins and the Cardinals uh, had a lot of people that got, got COVID. Um, so, you know, they're, they're looking out. As you said before, it, it, I kind of didn't think about that at first because maybe he wasn't thinking about that. But maybe he was thinking and said, you know what, let me take my chances and try to get this extra bread real quick and said, yo, I'm out. You know? I'm sure he, I'm sure he did. And, yo, as a Mets fan, right, because, like, if you look at the schedule, the Mets played, I think, we played our first six games at home. So he didn't even have to leave New York. He stood in New See? York for the first six. The next three was in Atlanta. And then that's mm-hmm. when he decides to opt out. So he probably figured, yo, fuck it. I'll play the games at New York. If I get off to a hot start and I'm really killing it, then I keep playing. If I get off to a slow start, then I'm going to get the fuck up out of there and I still secure the bag for $11 million. So, listen, the Met fan in me is upset. That's the, that's the key. Right. The Met fan in me is upset. Um, the legend in two games that's from uh, Millbrook Projects from 137th Street. I, I, I can I can do nothing but but applaud him and laugh because I'm like, bro, that's something that I probably would have done too. Like, let me just get up out of there. And as you mentioned, I'm gonna take it right back to East Line and order a couple bottles. What? Listen, listen, and them bottles gonna be wild cheap. So this makes me uh, think about um, you know, we we spoke about the the No Limit documentary. We we're gonna touch on this anyways, but. Uh, that contract that Ricky Williams signed with uh, No Limit, he pretty much got a lot of upfront guaranteed money. Um, those, you know, because of we who we are and places we come from or whatever, we understand, you know, the importance of b- being able to make sure that your family is set up for the future or whatever. So uh, when considering situations like that, it's definitely important. Um, no Limit documentary. One more, uh, one more uh, episode left. Uh, of course, we know it's euphoric. We love watching it. Um, uh, I don't really know if there's anything new that I picked up because I, I kind of followed them, um, you know, throughout my, you know, growing up and stuff like that or whatever. But it's like, it's just like, it's a mindset when I hit no limit. Like when you talk, when you talk about hustling, I'm pretty much telling somebody, listen, I'm out here like Master P in 95, selling CDs out my trunk. You know what I mean? Um, how do you guys feel about it so far? One more episode left. We got Rough Riders coming up next. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. Honestly, I like, I, I was literally sitting up here with my grandmother watching it. She was enjoying it. Oh, um, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bought it, bought it, fool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Grandma won 103 and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched Bout it. I Grandma. Did, I like the Ricky Williams part because I was glad that he, you know, took the, the blame off of Master P because they, like, a lot of people came down on Master P for that whole situation. In reality, mm-hmm. you know, Ricky Williams was making the decisions to to take that all of them incentive later bonuses. Now, granted, somebody could have been in there and said, "Listen, if you do it this way, you know, and you don't make these bonuses, you get hurt. Anything's possible, and this can happen." But he did get eight point eight million dollars up front, so mm-hmm. he made a lot of money. You know what I'm saying from that that season, and, and you know, if he doesn't get injured, more than likely he he makes probably all of those incentives. Yeah. That, that he had because Ricky Williams was that good of a running back in the NFL for a long time until he wanted to, you know, smoke his Mary Jane and, and just <laughs> stop playing. But he, Ricky Williams, you know, was probably a top five running back during his, his prime years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he doesn't get injured, that contract works out. And we're looking at no limit sports and Master P on a whole other level. 
So I love, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that part. I mean, you know, I, I was a fan of, of Master P, so it was definitely nostalgic. Um, but, you know, just but to really see the grind, because when you're growing up as a fan, like, I'm just listening to the music as a kid. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, thinking about how Master P is, is, is doing things that no one had ever done in the music business as far as taking control and ownership of of your gift, your God-given gift. He took control and ownership and was making more money off of the music than anybody was. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you really got to respect Master P's hustle. He did it the right way. And he was even telling him, you know, Master P was in the street. But he said, listen, once we here, we're not doing this no more. Yeah. He was he made that he made that you know clear to everybody. That's something that we we need to see more of, especially with a lot of these artists out here now. You know what I'm saying? Like the, you guys, they gotta understand that you can't get legal money and street money at the same time. It it doesn't work. You know you gotta get you gotta get rid of that mentality. Once you're in the game and you start making money this way, you gotta all that stuff gotta stop. So I love what Master P did. He gave a lot of people opportunities. He 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 made a, a lot of black people a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? And it, it sucks that he had to deal with a little bit of racism he dealt with when he uh when they moved into the um the was it the governor's area, whatever, wherever the governor yeah. was. Yeah. What do rich people say that? Yeah, <laughs> what rich people say that. But you know, that's 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 things that we we've had to deal with and are still dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So so it doesn't shock me. But he handled it, you know what I'm saying? And and look, he's still standing, still worth over two hundred million dollars, still one of the biggest names in hip hop and in television and in films. He's he's still doing his thing. Like no he he put that moniker on there, no limit, and he meant that and it's still to this day going strong. Yeah. I didn't um I, I didn't see last week's episodes and I'm gonna catch up on it before uh tomorrow's episode comes out. Um but in regards to Ricky Williams, as we mentioned, you know, it's right. It's it's a deal that we look back on and be like, oh, Ricky should have took the guaranteed money. Um, but obviously nobody knew what Ricky's passions were at the time. And he himself has said, like, you know, going to New Orleans and dealing with some of the mental issues, mental health issues that he was dealing with kind of sidetracked his career. And that's what, as Tripp mentioned, where he decided to leave the league to pursue his journey. And he went overseas and he was more focused on, uh, smoking as opposed to playing, but had he just dedicated himself to playing, we don't look at that deal the same way. And we might look at Master P completely different as far as the sports side of things because it'd be like, wow, you you were the first uh, music mogul to become a sports agent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We see it with Rock Nation, but Master P was 20 years ahead of the game when he did it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else was doing that. Um, one of the biggest takeaways that I took from it was P's like real feel for the game because when he moves out to LA, as we talked about him leaving the streets behind it and moving out to Cali with the, with the money that he got from his grandfather's settlement, like him understanding, I'm gonna open his record store and then I'm gonna use that I'm gonna use that leverage to get myself in the game and meeting Pac and going on tour. A lot of dudes would have just been content with having a legitimate business as a record store because I'm sure he was making money, but he leveraged that in turn to meet artists, meet guys like E40, meet guys like Pac, and then yeah. say, now I'm gonna go on the road. And I'm going to kind of develop my name for myself and turn this into something bigger. To me, that that's like the ultimate drive of a hustler, noticing the opportunity and then leveraging that opportunity to something bigger. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of respect for P for everything he did um, and everything he continues to do because we see Romeo on Growing Up Hip Hop. We saw P on a um, recent interview with The Breakfast Club and he's still putting out the sneakers. You know, P, shit, P was in the NBA for a little bit. 
Like, yeah. who else could say they lived that type of life where you'd be like, yo, not only was I a music mogul, I've done films, I was in the NBA, I've done clothing, I've done everything that and you could think of. we talking about in a five to ten year span. Everything. He did all, maybe, maybe five to seven years he did all right. this. Every, everything you think of. He's about to be a cold world in the league next year. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is trying. Well, is he trying now? That, that, that was he some trying, videos or something trying. like that. They well, say he, did, he did play a little ball. And they said, you know, they they said that that he's actually pretty good. Like he may actually be able to make a roster. He definitely okay. got if he, I've seen in an All Star game. He could jump a little something. I'm gonna say this, bro. I, I haven't seen him play in a legit game, but I saw clips of Davey. So if if Cole can make the league, I think Davies can make the league because Davies was on the AAU team with Kevin Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, man, listen, that's that good, that's the ball. Up. You know what I'm saying? So. It is what it is. We'll yeah, see. But, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, in regards to P, I mean, P is a, is just, you know what I'm saying? It's it's the true definition of a mogul. He's done it all, man. We got to show him a lot of respect. Um, And he's one of them guys, we got to give him his flowers because he opened up the doors yeah. for so many people. And he made it possible for you to dream that, yo, I could do this. I don't have to just stay pigeonholed to one thing. I can yeah. expand and diversify into all these other venues and be successful in them. I think one of the uh, more amazing things to me as well, because all of those things are great points and things that you guys pointed out. Um, for one, he betted on himself. Two, he understood that there's going to be other people that's going to create music, but shit, I'm going to do what I'm going to do regardless. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people kind of get caught up in. Like, okay, let's say if you got a t-shirt line, somebody else got a t-shirt line. That don't mean they're making t-shirts like you. You know what I mean? Like, you have to do what's best for you and what's, what's going to work for you. You know, uh, it's a thousand podcasts out here right now. We can't worry about them. We're doing our own thing, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, with all, thi- with all things considered, and, you know, that drive and that hustle, like that, that right there alone should just kind of, like you said, let you know that you, know, you can do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Some people are going to be a little bit more successful than others. However, but the thing is, it took it. He didn't. He wasn't like that overnight. He 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 even said to himself, "Listen, I ain't the best rapper." He kind of like how Waka is saying right now. But you know, what? I'm gonna get here. And I'm gonna do what I gotta do, and we are gonna keep it mush, keep pushing or whatever. Now we, um, we we definitely out here slinging podcasts out the back of the trunk. So yo, real rap, real rap. <laughs> and, and and let's and let's not forget. Um, we gotta remind him too that y'all the podcast ain't fucking with shooting the shit. Let's let's call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. If nobody else want to say it, I, I'm going to be the one to say it. Y'all not fucking with shooting the shit. It is what it is. He's not lying when he says that. We, we got a, we got an umbrella. You know, we got a family. We got a, we got a lot of different things, a lot of, you know, a lot of parts and moving, you know, moving things uh, under this whole uh, family, t- uh, so to speak. We should, we should go ahead and name this like the, like the Black Soprano family. We got to figure that out later on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, we were just talking about reality TV. Uh you know, some New York natives were on there on the 17th season of, uh, I think it is the marriage boot camp, I believe, uh, Vado and Tahiri. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, I don't watch the show, but I, however, I did see the clips. I had to see a few clips. Um, no way, shape, or form are we ever going to condone anybody putting their hands on a woman or doing anything or whatever. Um, nor do we think that anybody should provoke anybody to like, do anything. Um, but and also, I don't even think they was even together. That 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 was another a huge part that kind of stuck out stuck out to me too, or whatever. But um, yeah, he probably was just smashing. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he probably yeah. was just smashing, and they put him on there. But you know what? And again, you know, you don't put your hands on, on no female. I understand things happen, 
you know, now, and what I want to say with that though, you know, she, she's the way she, the way she was moving was wrong because you don't sit okay. up and you, you would, you would do, you don't sit up and tell no, no grown man, you're the brokest dude I ever been with. Nah, you, you violated for that. You're supposed to build your, your partner up. Not Talk tear about down. It. And that's not even, that's, that's beyond tearing the man down because, you know, I'm in, I'm in an industry where it's pretty much, you know what I'm saying? The, the, if you, if you're not, you know, you're not making that money, that just means you on the bottom. You're on the bottom mm-hmm. of the pack. You don't say you got a certain image, you got a appeal. So when your lady is on national TV saying, yo, you the brokest dude I ever been with. Like, I mean, one, you just, you sound like a whole type of gold digger anyway, but you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't, you don't do that to your, to your partner. You know, that's, that's, that was caliper. You know, and she's very, you know, she, she likes the egg situations on, you know, so I just, I, I just wasn't, wasn't feeling that. And again, that doesn't mean that Mato should put hands on her, but, you know, ladies, they definitely got to, you know. We got to respect each other. other. Yeah, exactly. We got to have that respect for each other. Well, I, I mean, I want to start out. Um, I actually sent the message to Vado. I don't know him personally, but I extended the invite for him to come on the show and speak on it because um, I thought it was completely just it was it was disgusting the way it was handled. The whole mm-hmm. situation, as Tripp said, we don't condone putting your hands on women in no way, shape, or form. We're not making excuses for any man that does that. But her making a comment, "You the brokest dude I've ever dated." Her flipping out on him because he asked her about the situation with Hazel. Um, her throwing apples at him and then trying to downplay it when they get in front of the doctor and make it seem like, oh, well, he's trying to get me out of character. Mm-hmm. Like, first and foremost, if you're out there to repair your relationship, you got to be willing to accept criticism. Yeah. You got to be willing to accept that there are flaws in both you guys that need to be corrected in order for this relationship to move forward. It can't just be about what Vado needs to do to change because in those couple episodes we saw firsthand that Tahiri has some issues that she needs to correct as well. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's unfortunate that the original clip that came out was only about him grabbing her by the neck or or by the collar, her clothes, you know, all that, as opposed to painting the whole picture. Because we know a lot of times there are people who will not do their own due diligence to see what took place before that. You know what I'm saying? So when we hear her say the comments about you the brokest dude I ever dated and you a mama's, I, I got to be like a mother to you. And then she flipping out on him because he's asking her about what, what the other girl, um, Hazel, has said to her about taking her jacket off. You know what I'm saying? Like, these mm-hmm. are all things that lead up to that situation. And again, we're not condoning putting your hands on women, but we got to understand that when certain things happen, there's going to be a reaction to those things. You know, for anybody, right, they're triggers. Is there anybody who saw the clip? She herself said he's never acted, he's never done that before. He's never crossed that line with me before. You could see mm-hmm. that he was to the point where he was already boiling, bro. Like you disrespect hit him with an apple at that point. Right. So, so technically you already put assaulted him. Right. Yeah. You you assaulted him. He was boiling. He hears you try to downplay it to make it seem like it's his fault that you act in the way you act. And mm-hmm. I would question everybody on the show, including the doctor, because it's like, yo. So had he not grabbed her by the collar, nobody was going to address the fact that she hit him with apples in the face. Because when, well, when she hit him, when she hit him, nobody at the table stepped between them and said, yo, that's fucked up. Don't do that. They treated it like mm-hmm. whatever. So he got to eat that. 
but nobody's willing to address it. Yeah. And and they don't they don't show that when putting out that clip. That's the right. responsibility of it of it all because you didn't even show that she threw an apple at his head. So now right. what if what if if he gets a concussion, falls back, bangs his head on the refrigerator or something, and then falls to the floor, cracks his skull, then what? Well, and, are we gonna talk about it then? Right. And I got another question for people as well. How do we know Vado's never been with an abusive woman before? Yeah. yeah right. Like so. Right. True. Like because that's one of the things that that's taboo. Nobody ever wants to talk about it. There are plenty of men who deal with abusive women, but they just take it on the chin, like yo, whatever. I, I can fend off. She can't overpower me, so mm -hmm. I'll deal with it. But yeah. he may have been at that moment too, like yo, enough is enough, bro. Because if you're willing to mm -hmm. do that on camera in front of people, what yeah. happens behind closed doors? Yeah. Has she yeah. ever swung at him behind closed doors? Has she ever done something that tried to provoke a situation behind closed doors? So I think the whole situation was handled incorrectly. Um, again, we don't condone domestic violence, but that too. Like, very comfortable, very comfortable, mm -hmm. very comfortable. And again, we don't condone domestic violence, but we, we got to have a serious conversation on both ends that women who cross that line need to be chastised the same way men get chastised. Mm -hmm. You can't cross that line and then get surprised when somebody reacts to it. Well, I think I think that's the issue with a lot of people with just stuff in general. Um, they always look at the reaction. They don't look at what got you there and what got you there is what pissed you off and, and drove you to that limit. But it's like, you know, in, in these type of situations, we're expected to be, you know, to understand things a whole lot more. But then on the other hand, you'll say that, oh, he's just a guy and he doesn't understand that. So I think like you guys both uh, basically reiterated, we have to make sure that we are doing what we need to be doing for ourselves. You know, what I mean, you dealing with somebody, no matter if y'all just smashing or not, you know, some people triggers or whatever. Like you paying attention to them, you talking to them, you seeing what's going on, and you know, by throwing something at somebody, it's not going to help that whole situation. You know what I mean? And even with that being said, if he didn't have a history of doing that, why would you antagonize somebody to even uh, put them in that space or whatever? But once again, let me say this again: we do not, you know, we don't condone anybody putting their hand on a woman or whatever. However, we're gone, but we'll also continue. We don't to condone say, nobody sure putting their hand on nobody. Not even not just putting their hand on. We don't condone nobody putting hands unless you are, are a professional fighter in either boxing, MMA, or one of those combat sports. We do not condone anybody putting their hands on anybody. That's yeah, a fact, bro. Yo, the, the same way we treat, we we teach young men. To not put their hands on anybody, we got to teach young women mm -hmm. that as well. Keep your fucking hands to yourself. Because, yeah. again, you don't know what that person has been through. Mm -hmm. We don't condone anybody hitting anyone. But if you, mm -hmm. you're somebody who's come out of an abusive relationship and somebody swing on you, that could trigger you to react. That could trigger you to be like, nah, fuck that. Like, you're not just going to get this one off on me and I'm not going to respond. And, or just watching. Mm, you could just be watching. You could have grown up as a child right. in an abusive home, and this is what you're exposed to. So now when you're an adult and in, in, in your relationships, you know, somebody swing at you, your first reaction might be to swing back. Right. Because right. maybe and, you saw your mom swing back or your father swing back. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, in, in the show, you know, we see Terry get emotional. And I don't doubt that she's ever been in an in a abusive relationship. Obviously, mm. she's, a, she's a woman of stature. You know, she's dated some high-profile guys, and I'm sure she's been in some of them situations. I don't doubt that. But mm -hmm. we can't be so quick to to only treat the woman as a victim yeah. when there are plenty of men who got to swallow their pride and deal with that shit because they don't want to be viewed as lesser of a man if they tell somebody, yo, she swung on me, she hit me. She's be duffing me out for no reason. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm That's saying? 
Right. You know what I'm saying? We we know that there's, there's certain men who probably deal with that who just feel like, ah, fuck it. Because she can't overpower me is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it is a big deal, bro, because if she's just swinging her hands off on you, what the fuck are you yeah. supposed to do? You supposed yeah. to just keep eating them well, joints? Well, that's the issue in itself because we had, you know, we had thin line between love and hate. You know what I mean? Like that that escalated to her doing other things to herself and then he ended up looking crazy or whatever. So like if you are in those situations, you can just fall back. That. You, you dig what I'm saying? Like, so it, we, we see that it, it, uh, it uh, escalates to other things or whatever, but we, you know, we don't want to uh, want it to go get to that point. Um, school started if you're down south. Uh, I, I went to school in Georgia, and as, and as, as we see in, uh, I believe it's North Paulding High School. Uh, North uh, Paulding County is a county that surrounds Atlanta, uh, Atlanta so it's part of Metro Atlanta. Um, however, it's one of those places uh, in the uh, metropolitan area where you can be close enough to the city, but you can be further enough away to be far, you know, I mean, far off or something. That's pro- it's probably uh, maybe like close to saying like a Westchester or something like that. If you're in New York City or you know something like that, uh, I I know we I know everybody saw those pictures of all them damn kids in the hallway and they look nuts. <laughs> First of all, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off that they suspended. I believe it was a girl who posted the picture. But so then they, they unsuspended her. <laughs> but yeah. How are you going to suspend a kid for taking a picture of the crowded hallway and mm-hmm. posting that? Like, yo, y'all shouldn't have had all them kids like that. Like, we got to make up our minds. Mm-hmm. Is this virus deadly or is this virus not deadly? What What is yeah. going on? Because you can't say that the virus is deadly but then throw all these kids back into school. Like, yeah. with that, like that, to me... Says you, y'all didn't have an action for putting these kids back in school because mm-hmm. you should have, you know, some it, it, you got to have less kids at one time. You're gonna have to rotate some days, maybe half the class comes every other day because you can't have like look how many kids are in the hallway, there's no social distancing. Most of them are not have masks, so how are you being protected? <laughs> yeah, most of them didn't, so how are you being protected from the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It was uh, nine new cases. Uh, they said six uh, students and three uh, faculty members had uh, coronavirus. So of course they now they revisiting that. But. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy to hear that the young lady who posted the picture isn't actually suspended because I think that shit is just bullshit all the way around. Mm-hmm. Like how you how you suspended somebody for for snapping a picture in the hallway? Mm-hmm. Um, I read something and, and this I don't want to say I'm 100 percent sure this is nationwide. Uh, but I believe it is from from what I read over the last two weeks of July, which is pretty much the time frame that we see a lot of the schools in the South start to open up. Mm-hmm. There were 97,000 new cases within kids 18 <laughs> or under. Within kids 18 or under, That's nuts. there was 97,000 new cases. So, again, I'm not saying that it's completely attributed to the fact that schools are opening back up. But mm-hmm. I just find it very odd that we have so many kids who contracted the virus within a two-week period where we saw all these schools in the South start to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it's it, right, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? As Anthony said, at some point, we got to draw the line and say, look, is this virus deadly or are we just joking about it? And a lot of those issues start from the top. And it starts with the quote-unquote leadership of the country. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he's joking around about the situation. He didn't want to put a mask on. He's treating this thing very lightly. And so now you have other congressmen and women around the country who treat it very lightly and mm-hmm. treat it as if, ah, it's no big deal. But guess what? Now children are being put at risk now. 
these children, there's no reason why these kids couldn't have stayed home and at least continued remote learning for half the school year. Yeah. And that's but the instead, thing, if you, if you look at it, right? So, you, and this is why I say you got to be clear on, on what's going on because, you know, one thing, uh, you know, uh, Alex uh, Cortez Ocasio, one thing she had asked Cuomo is, well, if it's safe for kids to go back to school, why is it not safe for restaurants to have people coming back inside eating? Because, I mean, listen, if you think about it, at the, at the end of the day, adults are going to be more cautious about, you know, spreading germs and, and having people around them. I don't the know. Stiami, bro. Stiami. Well, I'm t- at the at the restaurant, the waiting staff and all of that in there. People coming to sit down and eat. They're not slapping everybody in the building five and all that. When you go to a restaurant to eat, you with your with your select party of people. You for the most part, you're not talking to anybody else that's in the restaurant except for your waiter. Mm-hmm. Or if you if you're at the bar, you might be dealing with a bartender. But other than that, you're not dealing with people, so you're kind of isolated anyway. Whereas in the schoolyard, how many people did you get walking up the hallway in school on a, on a, on an average day? Twenty, thirty kids. You set what up to, so it's a little right. bit different. But you know, so why, if that's the case, but if, if it's okay for kids to go back, then why can't we start dining inside restaurants? Right. I mean, it's a it's a situation that a lot of people don't want to talk about or give a legitimate answer for. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On one hand, we understand that, you know, and let's be clear, we understand that there are a lot of kids who need schools to be open because that's the only way they're gonna get a, a legitimate breakfast and lunch. We know that, mm-hmm. right? But on the other hand, it's like, why are we putting kids at risk? Why, why are we sending, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a way to do it. Like down here in Maryland, they're, they're gonna do the first half of the school year remote, but there was an actual discussion where they were gonna do like kids reporting into the building for two days out the week and then the other three remote. So it would have been something like a Monday and Thursday, you come into school, the rest of the days you learn at home. I just think it's ridiculous to think that we're going to send kids into a building with thousands of other kids every day of the week for six to eight hours every day and not expect cases to increase. Like, yep. and, and then send those kids home to their families. Right. And then send them home to their families. You know, it, it, it's and then not only those kids, a lot of those kids have siblings. So now you're sending multiple kids into a school who now could bring that back home to you know elderly their parents younger siblings i just think it's ridiculous and i i really wish that the country as a whole would say look this thing is serious and we need to we need to be ready to buckle down for a full year year and a half the way we talked about in the beginning because we saw that's what italy had to do and we saw that's what happened over in in not only in italy but throughout europe and in asia and Mm -hmm. here in the united states we treated like oh a couple months went by let's just move on nah bro it's legitimate why are we trying to move on we're like that with everything they want to move on with everything it doesn't work like that so fast yeah right why are we trying to move on when we know for a fact that over in europe and asia they shut down for almost a full year before they, they they got back to normal life and here we are like oh it started in march here we are it's august let's move on no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I mean that that's, that situation is gonna be nuts. I, they listen. We know Georgia is one of those red states. That's one of those places. That's why I had to kind of tell you the demographics of the area because you can actually be close. You're close to the city, however, you're not that close to where you can actually do what you want to do. Um, you can get away with certain things. So I imagine, like you know, uh, uh, schools that are closer to the city. I haven't really spoken to anybody that's a teacher. Uh, 
in Atlanta or whatever, but I would imagine that people that, you know, would, you know, if you're someone that's a little bit closer that you wouldn't be uh, reacting the same way, but who's to say, who never knows. Um, we got one more sports topic just to throw out there. Uh, big 10 in uh, Pac-12 schools are actually uh, really, 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 really serious about uh, not having false sports. I thought it was funny because all the HBCUs, and I don't want to always keep throwing those, that, throwing, that, throwing that out there, they're saying that they actually care about their kids and care about their students, but they got rid of the uh, false sports a long time ago. Um, Pac-12 and, uh, and uh, Big Ten actually are looking at doing it right now. I, I don't think those are really conferences we're looking at for football season anyways, but, you know, um, do y'all think that's a good idea? Uh, to actually suspend in sports? Uh, football, yes. Just because, like, I mean, we haven't seen any example from the pros just yet that shows that that you can have a football season. You know what I'm saying? So I would say I would say that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as basketball, I mean, it's rough because it's not like you can't put – I mean, yes, technically it could actually work on basketball because you could put the college kids in a the bubble. They used to be in by themselves in the dorms anyway. So realistically yeah. you could. But, I mean, that have to that would have to be something – that's you know discussed among schools and how does that even work because each university is a different entity it's mm-hmm. not like the nba where you got you might have 32 teams but these 32 teams are all under the nba basketball football you know college sports is you could be in in the, the pac 12 it could be in the pac 10 you could be in the sec mm-hmm. you could be in the mountain west region you know what I'm saying? so there's so many different uh conferences that you could be in how do you even really do a bubble if, if if you you know what i'm saying if that was the case um i feel bad for the for the kids because you know how is this going to affect the draft this year are we going to have an nfl draft you know what i mean are we going to have an nba draft um you know i mean of course guys is going to come out it was going to come out regardless but you know it just sucks that you that you're losing the year uh i'm be flat out no they should not play at all this year um, if we are true in the term of them being student athletes, they should not play because every other student isn't going to be required to report to campus. Yep. And so if, if we are truly treating them as student athletes, because that's the term they love to throw out there. When I say they, I mean the NCAA, mm-hmm. they love yeah. to throw that term out there as a reason why they don't play, they, they don't pay these young men and young women. Mm-hmm. Then no, they shouldn't have to play, play. We're talking about 100 plus schools that now are going to have to figure out a way for kids to travel and play games against other schools. And there's no way of knowing who the kids have come in contact with. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. every other student on campus is not going to be expected to report to campus. Hell no. They shouldn't yeah. have to play. You should scrap the season. You should, any junior or senior should be given a red shirt year where they get that extra year of eligibility. So they don't have to worry about losing out, as you mentioned, on on draft stock and draft eligibility. You get another year to come back next year. But if the NCAA forces this situation, it's another prime example of them worrying about the bottom dollar or a bottom bottom line over that the well-being of the player. Absolutely. Like we're talking we're talking 100 plus schools within Division One. Why are we trying to force them to play? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's no way well, around we, it. We, we, we know why. Cause, it's money. Cause dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the so same reason. Just, 
that's the same reason what the hell it's the same reason why you know um they got 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 mad at uh Reggie Bush and all these other players about money and stuff like that. They, they, at, the, at the end of the day, it's the bottom line. It's about money. Um, uh, and I think it, 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 that's a great idea for them actually to, um, you know, to basically, you know, say, try to scrap the season altogether or whatever. Um, I think other conferences are going to be okay. Uh, if be like, but the thing well, is, we got to look at the, when we talk about football, the ACC and the SEC, those, those are a lot of the big schools that are, you know, we got to look at because they're kind of the trendsetters for the other ones. Right. The the crazy thing I heard recently was that a lot of these schools are pushing to play this season because they've already spent that TV money that they receive. So a lot of these schools that have big, like you're talking about the, the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, who mm-hmm. already got those big network checks from ESPN, from ABC, they now have to find a way to provide a product because they've already spent that money. Yep. So they don't, it's not like they could just give the check back and say, oh, you know what? We're not going to play this year. So let's rework our, our deal because you paid for this already. It's like, no, no, we're going to try to still force the games mm-hmm. because we already spent that money, whether it's on coaches, whether it's on, on staff, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you spent the money on. And that, that again speaks to the whole, why are we calling these young men and young women student athletes yep. when you guys are profiting off of what they're doing? And now these young men and young women, a lot of them don't even have a say-so in what they want to do. I, w- I really would love to see what's going to happen if some of the premier college basketball and football players say, I'm not playing this year. Mm-hmm. I really want to see what's going to happen because these schools are banking on the big names still coming out to play. Yeah. Well, they, the ACC said they're still playing. So they, they released a statement that they're still playing. So we, gonna, we definitely going to have to wait and see how this thing uh, unfolds because you know the safety of these kids should be the first priority, and and, and that it really sucks. It also sucks, you know, for because I remember, you know, what I'm saying like I had a great college experience living in the dorm. So you lose that year, you got to stay at home and go to school virtually. I feel bad for them kids too, man, because it's, it's a whole different type of experience living in them dorms, man. So I, I feel bad. You know, they're gonna save a little bit of money, but you know, yeah. Um, nah. the. Another thing just to consider, um, I, I kind of, uh, this it was brought to my attention when I was like in grad school doing a paper. A lot of these schools, the football teams are probably the highest earning uh, athletic uh, team on their campus, high school or college. So with all things considered, like you just said, with TV money and stuff like that, that's what they're looking at as well. You know what I mean? Those, those things, the, them, the money they get from TV, booster clubs and stuff like that, those, those are the monies that go into uh, paying all these other people. It's a money play. Oh, it's it's one thousand percent a money play, and and you know as Trip said, yeah, from from the standpoint of being a young man, a young woman, you want to be on campus, you want to be amongst your peers, and enjoying that life. I just mm-hmm. think it's unfair that now they're going to try to force young men and young women to play for the sake of turning a profit. Yep, you know what I'm saying. That to me is is, is unfortunate. But that's what they've always done. No, no, they <laughs> they've they've always done it. But they've also they've also masqueraded as as a uh, well you get a free education out of it. But you know, because they still gonna get the education, right? But but my thing is now is like, all right, so yeah, I'm getting free education, but all my other peers get to stay home. All the peers that don't play a game get to stay home, and they get to be safe while getting that education. Mm-hmm. I've got to now put my livelihood at risk because not only am I hoping to duck this virus. 
now I run the risk of getting injured while playing under mm -hmm. the terms of this virus, yeah. right? Because yeah. we know we've already seen it in every other sport. The workouts ain't going to be the same. The practices ain't going to be the same. The preparation ain't going to be the same. So if I'm, a, if, I'm a, if I'm a young point guard or a young free safety or, you know, anything wide receiver, and I've got limited practice now, I've got limited preparation, and then I get on the field or on the court and I hurt myself and my career is over, you still giving me that free education? True, true, true. Yeah. Um, so it's with that, man. with that considered, uh, they're still talking about vaccines. However, they're talking about possibly sending you to jail if you don't get a vaccine, um, <laughs> which is real, 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 real spicy. Because um, uh, so way, way back, uh, I think before they actually had the, uh, the Spanish flu, that was in 1918. Uh, they had a smallpox outbreak in like 1905. Uh, there was a bill erected to pretty much um, force people to uh, get tested, uh, uh, get vaccines. Now, like most things that are in uh, law books, they don't change the laws. Uh, these laws aren't reflective of uh, all classes and stuff like that. And then you fast forward to 2020. Um, we're talking, what, 115 years later? They're potentially talking about uh, bringing this back up and saying that, hey, you have to do it because it's the law or whatever. But this is something that was uh, came about in 1905 when the world was in a completely different place than what we are in now. However, people are still being er uh, erratic and stupid. Uh, I know we spoke to Eric about this many times about the about the you know about the girls going to school with that or whatever. But like this is the shit is just getting real. It's getting real crazy because now you potentially talking about sending somebody to jail. And also there was a point that jobs can uh, get rid of people if they uh, if they um, don't take the test. So like you can say it's personal reasons or religious reasons they can still get get rid of you or whatever. This seems like a huge infringement um, on your personal rights. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, it sucks because, you know, I, I, I'm not really a, a vaccine person. Like, I didn't take the flu vaccine, um, you know, like, literally, and I, literally, I was offered it, like, right before um, before the whole outbreak started because I had to do my, mm -hmm. uh, my, te my tetanus shot. The doctor was like, you know, it's been two years uh, so it's time for you to do the tennis shot so i'm like all right i'll take the tennis shot and then she tried to slip in the you want the flu shot too and i was like no i'm good on that one yo. you know and i just and I, like and i just feel like you know i haven't had the flu you know what i'm saying so i don't want to just take a vaccine just for the sake of of taking a, a vaccine you know what i'm saying so i just i just wasn't with that and then the whole thing with the vaccines that they're trying to come up with now a lot of these things are going to be rushed because they're in such a hurry because they want things to get back to normal. So I don't want to be down. I'm not down with taking a vaccine that you don't rush into production just so you mm. can get everybody back to work, get the kids back to school. No, no, no. Like, y'all got to really, you know, map this thing out, do the research, whatever, you know, the proper steps, the proper amount of time. And, and that's, you know, usually a year and a half usually is what it takes for to get these vaccines yeah. in order There's a lot of yep. you know tests you got to go through you know the fda got to pass certain things so i'm not with being a guinea pig i'm not with none of my family and friends having to be <laughs> guinea pigs to try a vaccine because i was uh I, I was talking to um a friend of mine yesterday actually about it and she was saying like the first set of vaccines they were trying is only like a 50 percent chance 
or whatever. And I'm like, well, I know, you know, when they talk about, about rubbing alcohol, you need it at least to be at about 70% for it to be even working. So I'm yeah. like, you got to you got to sit up here and inject people with a 50-50 chance mm-hmm. <laughs> vaccine? Like, nah, I'm not with that, man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta take the time or whatever that means. If that means things gotta continue to be shut down for another year, then yo, that's just what it what it needs to be. Like, don't just start hitting people with vaccines that's gonna mess them up in the long run just because mm-hmm. you're trying to be thirsty to get things back. Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I, I don't get no flu shot. Neither do my daughters. Um, it has <laughs> nah, that has it yeah. has traces of the flu already in it. Um, I'm I'm very skeptical of all that. Um, I will not be taking any vaccine for the uh, coronavirus or COVID nineteen. As Trip said, just because one, you got to work out the kinks, and then on the second part, for everybody to do their research, look up the Tuskegee experiment yep. where they were injecting black men with syphilis and seeing how their body reacted to syphilis. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow you to inject me with a quote unquote, a vaccine uh, for something that you saw coming for, for at least a good year and you didn't have a vaccine then. So I'm not going to be a guinea pig and you just started experimenting on, on people trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I think everyone should be uh, well versed in understanding that as well. You know, we're very selective, especially with, with our younger child and, what vaccine she gets and when she gets them. Because mm-hmm. there's a documented history of kids who have been ex- overexposed to certain vaccines that somewhere or another start to create Down syndrome and start to create other health issues within children because you're trying to inject all these kids with all these different vaccines and medications that their body wasn't ready for or prepared to, to handle. Absolutely. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not taking it. Um, and I highly doubt that I'm gonna allow either one of my daughters to, to get this vaccine. My man said, got to say the name, no. <laughs> <laughs> got to say the name, no. Listen, I ain't mad at you. I'm right with you. <laughs> Yo, so, so, so more rich guy talk, Elon Musk. <laughs> he's, um, he's, uh, he, he was on, uh, uh, what's this guy's name? Joe Rogan, uh, podcast. And he was talking about this, uh, prior to this, um, actual podcast. He was looking to insert a chip and people's brains to um supposedly you're supposed to like control your emotions you're supposed to help out with therapy and uh you know brain trauma and stuff like that however this sounds very very fishy uh you know when the when the one percent the rich guys always try to plan stuff out there's always an alternative side to it um we were just talking about vaccines now we're talking about this you know this, this, this guy is trying to put a chip in you or whatever. I just got tested for COVID recently. I was happy that I was fine. I, I didn't have anything. But it's so if you get tested, you see they sticking something up your nose to your brain. So it's like, damn, yo, are they going like, like how's that going to work? Because you talking about actually putting a chip in somebody's somebody's brain. Like, what's what's going on here? Well, I'm definitely not with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I ain't and, with that either. <laughs> nah, nah. And, and 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 I will say, uh, let me see you get the chip first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before, before you even entertain the idea of we, we should all get the chip. Because it's, exactly. easy, it's easy when you're wealthy to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this and everybody's going to get the chip. All right, so you get it first. Mm-hmm. You get it for a year, rock out with it. Let's see how it does. Let's see the effects of it. And then we can, we can have the conversation again. Not saying exactly. I'm going to do it. But we can have the conversation again. Well, well considering, like, let's say, uh, you know how sometimes when people go through traumatic injuries and stuff like that, they uh, maybe mentally they aren't there to actually, you know, to push themselves. 
to uh, continue to, I guess, try to work through those things. Because I have seen uh, individuals um, that have been injured and they didn't want to go through the therapy. And then, you know, on the flip side, they end up, you know, just continue to, to be that way because they don't want to work through it or whatever the case may be. Now, if that's genuinely the actual motivation for that, I have no problem with that, you know? But yeah. we all know <laughs> how this works. It never, it's never that simple. It's always uh, uh, something else that's attached to it. When you, when you talk about, uh, like, what, 9-11, the Patriot Act, that pretty much allowed them to be able to just, you know, come in and, and just do what they want to do or whatever the case may be. Now we're talking about vaccines and, they, and, and before, you know, you know, you have people saying that they're not going to do this with kids. So how now you're going to try to tell it? So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's we live in a free country, but it's a lot of underlying things that they do to try to uh, get us to move when they want to move or whatever. Uh, you know, we talked about Camilla Harris earlier. We talk about Joe Biden. We talk about these things all the time, whatever. These are important things um, that you need to consider. These are these these are important just as much as um, people being in the uproar about uh, Nicki, not Nicki Minaj, but um, Cardi B and uh and uh, make uh, the stallion doing whatever. Like we got to care about these things too. Like you know, what I mean, they talk about putting a chip in your brain. They talking about you can't go to work. They talking about you gonna go to school, and then they also gonna send your kid to jail. Now the funny part about the going to jail thing, right? Back in the day, if you were to get in trouble and you got arrested, what your mama told you? Leave him there to teach him a lesson, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him there to teach him a lesson, right? But that's but that's also you know with with her feeling comfortable, you know there's there's a heightened alarm you know uh, it's always been a, a you know a war against black and brown people whatever but um, there's a clip that surfaced uh, from 2018 it was a young man he was eight years old he was arrested uh, for hitting his teacher and um, they pretty much uh, gave him the scare straight uh, and they recorded it on their body cameras. Um, do y'all think like this is a tactic that needs to like still like the whole scare straight thing? Do you think you guys feel like that's that still needs to be present um, amongst the kids today? Well, first of all, was his parents the one that said that was cool to do that? Because if not, we're gonna have a problem. If I come in, you got my eight year old child in handcuffs somewhere. Like that, mm-hmm. that's an issue for me. So you know, as far as that whole scare straight goes, only if the parents have consented for that. Well, well, I'd be cool with that. In the other way, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not trying to hear that you got my eight-year-old child in handcuffs, interrogating him, all, all type of wild stuff. First of all, that's illegal. You yeah. can't even talk to no kid without the parent present anyway. That's uh, younger than uh, 16. So, yeah, man, they 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 just doing whatever they want to us out here. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't get to determine how I want to discipline or scare my child. That's mm-hmm. on me. If I give you the okay to do it, that's one thing. But you just can't make that decision on your own to say, well, we felt this was best for your child. Nah, fuck that. You don't get to make that decision. Um, Are you crazy? I, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to be honest. I was a knucklehead in high school and I got in a lot of trouble. And first thing my mom would tell me, like, yo, look, you keep it funky with me. I'll defend you to the death. You'll deal with whatever issues when we get back home. But mm-hmm. I ain't going to let nobody else degrade you or discipline you that's up to me to do so mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i think people overstep their boundaries in that sense like trip said where you know and in, in, in interrogating kids or trying to discipline them and trying to scare them nah if the parents ain't with it you ain't got no no way to, to determine how you want to discipline a scared child i got a question for y'all have you ever been out in public and um a kid was wilding out and somebody wanted to step in or they did step in and say something because <laughs> I've definitely seen that before, and it shit ain't go too well. 
I haven't seen that. I'm glad because I'm I I know parents can be very territorial about their kids and mm-hmm. they would want to get at you behind that. So no, I, I haven't seen that. I, I've seen it before, like in Target, where you know a kid was acting up and then a parent off to the distance kind of made a comment and as you know it, it didn't go well as you mentioned it it, <laughs> it, it now it wasn't even about the kid no more it turned yeah. into something completely different i'm from the era of mind your damn business at the same time well now you know i don't think these young cats i don't be known all, all the time with them but I, i'm definitely from the era where you should mind your business um you know now if I know you personally, like I'm not, I'm not gonna let you punch a kid in the face or some wild bill stuff. Then I, you know, I'll step in. But you know, if I don't know, if I don't know you personally, you know, what I'm saying, like, I'm not gonna get involved. You know, what I'm saying, in how you raise your raise your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying, like, if you have a shouting match back and forth, that's just a, a testament to your parenting and how you let your <laughs> child speak to you. So I can't yeah, really you're a piece of shit. Yeah, like I, I, in in my life as now as a grown man, I don't I don't even curse at my at my parents. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So if that's how you if that's how you raise your kids to to feel comfortable enough to scream at you in public, curse at you, you know what I'm saying? Put their hands on you, you know anything like that? You know what I'm saying? Like I can't. That's not for me to speak on and say anything about. That's how you raise your kid and and what you allow them to do and what mm-hmm. you allow them to do. Um, you know, I come from, you know, a place like an era where we respect our elders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, you don't talk to, you don't talk to adults any kind of way. Um, so, but, so yeah, I, I'm on my business in regards to that. Like, unless it's getting physical and you like beating on a, on a kid, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about a little, little spanking, little pow pow or whatever. You know, I'm talking about you abusing the kid. Then I'm a, I, I, I would step in. But some people say that's abuse as well, though. Yeah, but the the Bible always the Bible says always a spare to spare to rise for the child something like that. How, what's what's that saying? I gotta look it up. Well, that, that, um, well, that's 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 your personal. Everybody got their own personal beliefs about that. Um, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I I mean, I feel like personally for me sometimes that always wasn't necessarily the the best thing. Uh, I think a lot of times people don't necessarily know how to talk to their kids or whatever. But hey, like you said, if however you choose to discipline your child is however you choose to discipline your child or whatever, you can't tell nobody what to do. You definitely can't about to be out here talking about, hey, what are you doing now? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with Antho. I mean, you know, unless you squaring up with your child, like it's like I, I, I got to let it rock. I mean, yeah, nah, you know, unless you squaring up and you're about to shoot the fair one. Uh, other than that, I mean, <laughs> whatever you decide to do is what you decide to do. Because, I mean, it was a couple times, you know, I mouthed off and, you know, that backhand from my mom or that, that quick left jab came out real quick. Mm-hmm. And you got to eat that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Now, she ain't beat on me, but. You mad. You mad in the corner. You mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're you going to have to cry that one off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like I said, she she never beat on me because it was a different generation. And my, my mom and her siblings were raised that way. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother. Yeah. Whatever my grandmother got her hands on is what you got hit with. That was so it. If it was an extension cord, if it was a sandal, if you know what I'm saying? Hey, whatever it was, that's what you got. Um. My mom was my mom was was way more lenient, but obviously if I push it to that point, it's like you gonna catch this backhand, you might yeah. catch this this stiff jab to the chest, you might catch something real quick that that's gonna put you back in place. And I'm yeah. okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, I, if I see a parent and they you know give their kid a quick little pop, all right, you gotta eat that one. 
But now if you go into town on a little kid, then that's something different. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That fear of God is definitely it's it's the same thing that I don't think everybody understands, but right. it's definitely important because like they gotta know, they gotta know, they gotta know, they gotta know, they gotta know. But well, back to the kid, the, when when you talk about putting some uh, putting the kid in jail that don't even know what's going on, that could be some traumatizing shit as well. You know, like we 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 are we 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 we're familiar with Khalif Brower, uh, that situation how he was how he was placed in jail. Um, and he was there for days or whatever the case may be, not even days for a long period of time or whatever. Years, and we, for years, and yeah, we, saw how, we saw how that happen or whatever. So who's to say that, you know, you could be an eight-year-old kid, white, black, whatever, and that don't really fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a, a place I don't think anybody wants to be at or whatever. But then back to, you know, like what you guys just were saying, like, sometimes you got to G-check. I'm like, listen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony about to hit you with the Anthony gonna hit you whoa, with the um, he gonna hit you with the Pope fiction whole uh, Bible verse and whoop your ass in the store <laughs> with the Bible. Nah, that's a fact. Nah, that's a fact though. But we also gotta understand as adults too, like the approach. You know, every kid has a different approach. I got nephews that sometimes I gotta punch them in the chest for them to listen, yeah. and then I got other nephews where I could just throw my arm around them like, yo, you not you know you not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. And that works too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Either way, sometimes you, like I said, you got kids who are a little rough and you got to be a little rougher with them. You don't abuse mm-hmm. them. You know what I'm saying? It might be a little smack. It might be, you know, for, for boys, it might be a little punch, but not like, oh, I'm trying to hurt you, hurt you. It's like, nah, I'm just trying to remind you that you need to stay in a child's place. Yeah, and that's, and that's okay, but we're not talking about abusing nobody. I ain't trying to draw blood. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. knock you the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? There, there's certain parents who like they treat that like a badge of honor. Like I had to knock that motherfucker out, bro. That's your child, bro. Like, yeah, like do you hear yourself? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Your, your son? Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we were just talking about you know how um how Vado and Tahiri dealt with things. Who's to say that they didn't have those type of upbringings to where that would make them react a certain way? Because we just we don't understand the things that that happen to us as kids. A lot of times affect us as adults. Um, something else I saw online the other day. I'm I'm always looking at these little inspirational quotes and these different type of quotes, and they were like that. Um, uh, you know, we got a lot of adults out here dealing with uh, childhood traumas, or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I mean, just just definitely teaching our kids to be able to deal with certain things, and uh, you know, us disciplining our kids like it's 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 very important. You know, we at that age, so that shit is important. I mean, I, I, what happens if that little boy, the mental effect that it has on him is it? embarrassment yeah and now when he gets older now he don't mind putting hands on the cop because he feels like y'all embarrassed him putting them in or you know on display or hey covering them in front of the little kids and whatnot what if that sticks with him now mm-hmm. when he grows up night 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 now he kills a cop yeah. because of what happened as an eight-year-old because you wanted to arrest him in front of the classmates handcuff him and treat him like a criminal he's mm-hmm. a, a child Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, there's so many different variations and possibilities that could, could result from that type of situation to where it's just like, yo, it's unnecessary. We're talking about an eight-year-old child. It's enough to say, we know, you know, if you if if you break the law, a police officer, you know, there's a chance you will get arrested and have to go to jail. But mm-hmm. now as a child, you don't need to go to the extent of, let me put handcuffs on this child and interrogate him and speak to him like he's a he's a common criminal. You know, mm-hmm. you don't gotta you don't gotta take it to that to that to that level. 
it's just a kid. So you know, I'm 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 completely against that. And on top of that, like you you making the example out out of out of a little little little, little minority boy. Like what you what's the what's the message that you that you send them right now? Mm-hmm. Like we gonna get you regardless, little little, little, little black little, little brown boys. Y'all getting mm-hmm. arrested at some point anyway. Like what type of message are we sending you? That's eight a great years old. That's not the message you should be nah, sending. That's a great point. And I, I always, um, with my oldest daughter and with my nephews, I always have that talk with them um, of understanding that, like, if I discipline you, it's not because I'm, like, fed up with you or I don't love you. It's because I want you to understand that just because you my baby, you're not the world's baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you got to realize that when you walk outside of these doors, the world just views you as however they want to view you, as you mentioned. You know what I'm saying? It there's cops and there's there's people out here who just view you as as a brown young man or young woman. They don't care that you're somebody's baby or somebody's daughter or somebody's son. And so I, that's why, to me, I think it's important that we have those conversations with our kids and remind them, like, yo, you might get away with things here, but I still got to put you back in your place so that when you outside of these doors and outside of this environment, you're not acting the fuck up. Because too many times we see young men and women, you know, brown and black young men and women, who are abused by police officers and abused by other people because they have no regard for us. So they don't care that you somebody's child. They, to them is like, you ain't white. So I'm just going to treat you however I want to handle you. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, and our, our young men and women got to understand that, like, not to say that you can't act like yourself, but you can't be out in the street wilding out. You can't give somebody a reason to treat you unjustly. You got to still, you still got to understand that you have morals and you have a certain way that you were brought up. You can't just be out here acting crazy and giving somebody a reason to act out because Anthony, you know, Anthony, they, right. But not only that, we see it so many times and you've said it plenty of times. They'll look for any reason to try to justify why they treated you that way. Oh, well, look, well, look, he had a marijuana charge five years ago. Like that Mm -hmm. ain't got nothing to do with today, but you just trying to find a reason, you know what I'm saying? To justify the way you treating us. And so. So we got to stop. We got to we got to eliminate that. We, we got to let our kids understand that you got to conduct yourself a certain way when you're not around me and within this environment. Yeah. How, how whack is that? I mean, that's oh, and that always was just the thing like this. That was just so whack. The fact that we had to actually go outside and act a part, act a certain way. Um, actually, I think the young. Throws up on us for a second there, there Fontaine. All right. Well, I guess we, we're gonna rock out until yeah. <laughs> until John. Uh, the kid was a white kid. However, that's still that matter. You froze that's up there, bro. Way. Say it, say it again. Well, you froze up there. Oh my bad. Oh, I was like, um, I was just pretty much saying that. Like, I think the young man was um, young, the kid was like a white kid. However, either way, that doesn't matter. Like, it still can be traumatic and um, in anybody's upbringing or whatever. You don't ever want to put a kid in that type of situation because you know they can react to to to, to, to just being any type of situation. Um. We were just talking about marijuana charges. I think they, it was some other study that came out. It's like, I feel like it's a new study every other week. They're trying to say uh, weed is, uh, is bad for you, but then they also trying to pump these government, um, uh, these medicinal places and stuff like that. So that's, it's, 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 it's funny or whatever. Um, but that was just like a little blurb that I saw about that. But what did catch my attention, um, you know, we, we, we're familiar with NWA, we're familiar with uh, LAPD and their uh, treatment of, uh, you know, individuals in those communities and um it was kind of i'm pretty much brought to our attention by a deputy uh by the name of uh art gonzalez um that they pretty much have like a gang of cops out in compton 
um, that they've been pretty much uh, running around for about five decades, and they're called the executioners, and they don't allow uh, they don't allow black people and females to be a part of this group. Now, this group, they all pretty much get tattoos that have. Um, I, I, we may have talked about this before, but um, they get tattoos with the skull, and they have like a helmet with a Nazi symbol and an AK-47 or whatever, and, it, and it's nuts. Um, of course, he uh, was shunned, just like the, uh, the officer that was up in Buffalo, the the, the, uh, the woman police officer. Um, and uh, so this, the, the actual name Executioners comes from a, a series, a novel series of a guy that pretty much um, goes around stopping uh, terrorism and uh, like organized crime and stuff like that. Uh, now, when considered the fact that we're the ones that are being called the gang members, <laughs> what's up with these gang members out in LA? Well, I, I would encourage anyone who, um, who has an issue with the Black Lives Matter movement or who has an issue with everything that's going on in society um, to look into this group that you're speaking of. Because when people say all lives matter and it's not only black people that are being killed at the hands of police. Well, we know it's not only black people or black men and black women, uh, but we also know that it's done at a higher rate because of units like this that are out there specifically targeting black men and black women. Um, and I would like to know why they don't allow black men and black women into their group. What are you, what are you hiding that, that you're telling me a black officer isn't qualified enough to be a part of this group? What, yeah, well, what are you, they, what are you they, hunting? They, they, they might have an issue with them killing <laughs> black people. And and yeah. and that's and that's right. And that's and that's back to my point. For the people that that want to be naive to what's going on in this country, this is a prime example. If there's a group that has been assembled that does not allow black men and black women wow. into the group, our case that does not allow black men and black women into this group, that's that's almost like a secret unit within the police. What is this? What is this unit hunting then? And 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 it's been reported they have quotas and then they'll uh, you know they'll do whatever to reach these quotas. Um, also, uh, you know, we, they, talking about defunding the police department, uh, when they get in trouble, the money that 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 we're talking about defunding and taking away, that's what they're using to to cover up these things and pay for these things or whatever. So while these people are out, uh, just just causing havoc to the community and and, and continue to, to cause crime. You got on the flip side. You got the same money that 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 textiles that that are uh, funding them are covering the same things up. So, like like you just said before, like we gotta we gotta understand that this situation ain't just a, ain't a, ain't a, a black white thing. It's a systematic thing. It's it's it's, it's a, a, a a foundation that's been set forth for years that doesn't want certain people to uh, you know to 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 excel. Um, and then even oh, even with that, let, let have me ask. Let me ask a question for, for, for all of us in the group then, right? If there was a, if there was a group or, or um, what's the right word to use here? If there was some sort of collection, right? And we, we're mm -hmm. talking about a group or a unit that didn't allow Jewish men or women into it. What do you think the uproar would be about that? <laughs> Nick Hanna would have, to, would have to pay his entire salary from everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I just back, want. I just want to put it out there. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead, I, go, I just want to put it out saying. there because I, I just I find it amazing that these these type of units within the police force can exist and no one find it offensive that black men and black women can't join it. 
But mm-hmm. God forbid there's a unit that's created that wouldn't allow Jewish American men or women to join. What mm-hmm. that type of backlash would be. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we spoke about that, about the injustice, about how they tried to, no, this is a conversation that we had about the, how they tried to um, say, don't forget this and never forget that. However, you know, we, we got other situations that people haven't received reparations for. And uh, Nick Ken, I think he also, like, shelled out some money. And it's like, yo, fam, we got bro- we got kids in, in Brownsville right now that don't got nothing to eat. But yet you want to shell out. And I understand that you don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to sound insensitive. You don't want to uh, sound crazy or anything like that towards anybody's religious belief. However, I, we just need the same thing across the board. Um, you know, well, you gotta, you gotta think too, if you look at, let's say a group like this, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk about, um, being able to, to move up in, 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 in that, those units, right? So mm-hmm. obviously everybody that's a part of this thing, isn't just beat cops. You got higher ups that are a part of this group as well. So five decades, this is lasted for. Any, yeah. So if one of ours is coming up and we both coming up for promotion. We both going up for the same sergeant position or captain position. Who you think it's going to go to? We don't yeah. even let black men group. So definitely ain't going to go to them. If there's anyone that's applying for this, for this position, it's going to mm-hmm. go to one of ours. So now you got to think about the discrimination for five decades to where minority officers could have been moved up along further up or higher on the ladder. But because the, the connections and the network within this group, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You think about promotions, you think about having they cause in the community, you think about people that went to jail. Like it's a lot of stuff that, that, that comes into play with all of these things that just you know, it's a whole spiral of fucked up stuff that we just continue to have happen over and over again. Um, but before we get up out of here, uh Chains and Ross. I enjoyed it. Your man Ross got into his whole bag, I thought Anthony was going to do the same thing over the weekend and try to get the massage for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, he was still drinking his mimosas, so he, he kept the party going. Um, you guys check out the battle? Well, not the battle, I should say. I guess the celebration of hip hop. I, I definitely checked it out. Um, again, it was a marvel and gag because you froze up the guy. I don't know. I just, I just said it wasn't DMX and Snoop Dogg. It was just another mm-hmm. battle. It didn't, you know, wasn't that? It, it, it wasn't like nothing, nothing spectacular. I'm waiting for the Rakim and um, Big Daddy Kane versus battle now. I, w- I wouldn't say it was, it wasn't anything spectacular. I mean, X and Snoop was special, um, because of the energy they brought, um, and then also it just reminded us, reminded us of all the classic joints they had. But I think I thought Ross and Chains was really good as well because again, both them dudes got a lot of quality and classic material. Yeah. And because they haven't been like kind of mainstream over the last few years, you kind of forget the hits they've had. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was great for the for the culture. It was it was great for Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? It was it was great for the South in general because you see two of them dudes from the South who have really made a name for themselves. Both them guys kind of did it on their own. I mean, we know Chains at one point when he was City Boy, he was under Disturbing the Peace. Mm-hmm. But all his hits was when he's two chains on his own. Same thing with yeah. Ross. Ross didn't come in with any major cosigns. Ross kind of did it on his own and blew up. So I thought it was great for hip hop. 
And and it was dope how Chains and actually changed how this, he didn't change the child to be like Ross. He said, "Listen, man, this is what I got. This is what I came here for, and it's what you're gonna get." <laughs> and and I think that 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 goes to the confidence of Two Chains. I, I love that. You know, we knew this was going to be a stunner, uh, a, a battle. We we knew we knew what was gonna go down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Chains was like, "Yo, I only came in here. My wife, her lady, I mean her friend, and somebody else." He said, "This nigga Ross came here about forty people, and he came in with some scrubbers." <laughs> So yeah, yeah man. Did you, did you guys see the? Uh, they were on a um, magazine cover recently, and they uh, they uh, photoshopped themselves out uh, and put uh, Bounty and um, Beanie on the cover because they pretty much, you know, I- I'll say they gave they gave the versus battle a whole different life because um, they started doing it together. That also came at a different point in the quarantine, and that probably also, you know, changed the whole dynamic of it too. For sure. Yeah, I, I think. Um... I mean, them dudes is friends anyway. So, as you said, it's not really a battle; it's more of a celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was super dope. The energy, the the music. I mean, they was putting out bangers, bro. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the versus the versus battles is going to be something that we remember about this quarantine because that has kept us so entertained over That's the last the few months. Yeah, for the yeah. last few months. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you go back to every episode, I mean, damn near every episode over the last four months. We've either talked about an upcoming battle or talked about a battle that just passed. And mm-hmm. every battle to me has gotten better, especially now that we see the artists in the same room and there are no more audio issues. Bro, think about think about the yo, think about all these bat- all these battles that if they were in this come on, man. Come on. Like we got robbed, but we didn't because we were part of the process. So we can't really, really, really even trip about it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's a great thing. It's for the culture. Um, what else is really going on right now? You know? You can't really drop music because if you do, where are you gonna really listen to it in your house? Everybody at home, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's not to to the same effect or whatever. But uh, on this edition of shooting the shit, the thirty uh, second installment, we do appreciate you guys for checking us out. Um, uh, fellas, shout out your show, shout out your social, shout out everything, man. Everybody gotta check us out. They listen. Y'all got time? Y'all in the house? Oh, social media, not social security number. I'm about to say. I was about to say, was about to say the feds watching. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm about to say that. <laughs> hey, about to play that song, play that two chain song. Right. <laughs> Somebody jumping out the window, but uh, nah, man. Listen, make sure y'all keep tuning in, shooting the shit, man. This is just you know we out here working for y'all, for the people. So make sure y'all y'all keep it locked in and, and check out Real Fans Real Talk every Thursday at eight o'clock. You Rising already know, man. Play. Yes, sir. Legend of Two Games across all platforms. The Sanchez Show streaming on all uh, platforms where you listen to your podcast. As Trip said, Real Fans Real Talk. Subscribe to uh, Shooting the Shit. Um, everything, man. Everything. Just keep following the movement, man. And fuck that. We ain't letting no quarantine slow nothing down. Ain't no droughts on this side. You're, you know I got to shout out Delancey Street. Y'all make sure y'all check out Delancey Street LTD on Instagram, on Facebook, all right? New entrepreneur out here doing some things. Got some more stuff coming up. Got some beer bombs for the fellas. Ladies, you know, I got a lot of uh, 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 girlfriends and um, wives that have been buying stuff. So you've been looking out for your, for your, for your man. They've been, they been fixing their beds too? Listen, man. No, they've been making sure they sitting another smell good, man. You got to be real smooth. For a minute, that comment over sweat left. You said, I got a lot of girlfriends and wives. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta put comma. Right, right, right. <laughs> Ellipses, that, you know what I mean. But um, the lady, the ladies, been showing up for they fellas or whatever. Um, you know, everybody, man, everybody. You know, you, 
you know, buy something for your significant other. You know, they in the house. You know, they want to smell good too. We want the nice things too. You know, you yeah. know, treat, treat, make us feel special. And I'm rocking with it because I'm getting my Rick Ross on too. So just let y'all know right now. Yo. It's coming in. The bed is coming in. The bed is definitely coming in. Ever since I've been using it. <laughs> Ever since I've been using. Listen, y'all make sure y'all be cool. Like y'all be cool. It's still your season, so you make sure that you uh, uh, shout out Trip. Uh, happy birthday. Make sure you have a drink for him. Um, he ain't really a drinker. He, he a lightweight, but you know. <laughs> oh, slow your tone. Slow your tone. Slow your tone. I drink my little lollies with the best of them. Oh, right. I take that back. Because your man drink Long Island like he's 23 years old. He don't got no behavior, all right? <laughs> but listen, y'all continue to be cool. Like, y'all be cool. And we see you next time. <laughs> Later.